We are fully in draft season, and on today's show, we are breaking down which tight ends we like the most for the Chargers and which rounds we would take them. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen and make sure you never miss a show. Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. And today we're focusing on tight ends, our favorite draft prospects in this upcoming draft at tight end. And there's a lot of guys to like, but today we're going to break it down by which days of the draft we'd be willing to take the guys. So we'll talk about the two really Big options for the Chargers in round one, Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer and how we'd feel about those guys. And then also get into who we'd be most comfortable taking in the second round and third round on day two of the draft with guys like Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta, you have Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, so many guys. And then get into our sleepers, including one sleeper that is a perfect 10.0 RAS scale, the most athletic tight end to ever enter the draft. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. David, for the Chargers, it starts at pick 21. And this is a draft where there are a couple of guys that could make sense for the Chargers at 21 at tight end, right? A couple of very highly productive, very decorated tight ends that are really highly rated and could be somewhere around the 21st pick. And I think it's Dalton Kincaid. And Michael Mayer. And I know going through your mock drafts, the guy that you like the most, the tight end, your favorite tight end in this draft class is Dalton Kincaid. That's correct. That is correct, uh, Daniel. My favorite tight end in this draft is Dalton Kincaid because of how dynamic he is as a pass catcher. And just what he does after the catch is special. It just doesn't seem like there's anyone else in this draft class that is as creative, has as much wiggle, or just as, as natural with the ball in their hands in space as Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, I, I love Dalton Kincaid. I mean, I think if you're looking for red flags, especially for a 21st pick, you know, you'd look at, hey, a lot of the best tight ends in the league right now weren't taken in the first round. I get that. Right. I think it's partially coincidental. I mean, I think just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean you can't find a good tight end in round one. But there's definitely some risk involved there. The Chargers would be looking for someone to complement what they have with Gerald Everett and Donald Parham and look for the future of that position because Gerald Everett only has one year left on his contract. Yeah. And then you have Donald Parham who signed a two-year contract, but still you don't feel great about the prospects of him turning into that guy after what we've seen in the first three seasons, right? With Dalton Kincaid, you're getting the most elite pass catching option that I've watched in the draft so far, as far as just craftiness with his route running, being able to make something happen after the catch, being able to make contested catches, make amazing catches, be able to catch in traffic. I think when you're looking at blocking, he's a very persistent blocker, and I think you have to give him credit for that. He's not the biggest tight end. You know, he's not Darnell Washington by any means size-wise. No. But he gives really, really good effort there, and he's not the total bust as far as being able to run block. Just a smaller dude. But I love the way that it seems like he gets the most out of every reception that he has. He was basically... The entire offense for Utah, he was the focal point. And just really consistent production. I mean, you're not going to find a more productive tight end coming into the draft. 
I mean, hey, it's junior year in 2022, 70 receptions from a tight end. Like, just to show you, like, you kind of just illustrate the volume of the offense. Like, he had a game last season where he caught 16 passes (laughs) for over 230 yards which is in that's wide receiver numbers like that that's ridiculous i mean to have that kind of output um and it's just consistent i mean sophomore year 14 point you 14 so it's actually yards per his catch. senior his fifth year senior year because he transferred from the university of san diego so this is yeah, his yeah. second and third years at uh utah basically yes thank thank you for that correction yeah 14.2 yards per reception um uh, in in that 2021 season and then 12.7 yards per reception last season so he's just been consistently a game wrecker every you know pretty much the last couple of years in college and i don't see any reason why that's going to change at the nfl level yeah i think he's athletic enough to to stretch the scene did a lot of that at utah he can be a vertical threat even if he's not you know running a four or five or anything like that yeah i think he can be very good in that role and find those spots in that kind of vertical tree that Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore seem to be wanting to target right being able yeah. to find that guy that can stretch the field a little bit in the middle and be able to catch the ball I mean this dude's hands be, the ability to pluck the ball out of the air unlike any tight end I've watched as far as draft prospects coming out since we've kind of been covering the charge and getting more into the draft part of it yeah if you're looking for cons yeah he's not going to block with a ton of power more of a right. get in the way guy can yeah. get pushed around if he's asked to go heads up with somebody at the line of scrimmage more crafty than explosive. And yeah. the biggest things, right, had a back injury, was able to play through it, showed incredible toughness, got cleared in all of his physicals, which makes you feel a little bit better about it. But will tw- turn 24 as a rookie. One of these guys in the COVID year, all that stuff, he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. So, I mean, it's not like you're getting a super young guy with a lot of room to grow athletically. You yeah. know, that part of it is you're probably getting kind of what you see from him without a lot of growth there. Unfortunately, if there is a guy I think that's more likely to be taken by the Chargers in round one, I don't think it's Dalton Kincaid at all. I think yeah. it's Michael Mayer. And depending on who you look at, I mean, these are number one and two, the two top guys, right? A lot of people think Michael Mayer is the better guy. And just as many people seemingly think Dalton Kincaid is that guy. But Michael Mayer more looks the part. And I think with the Chargers and having Kellen Moore and wanting more blocking from your tight ends, wanting to be able to have kind of the full package, if the Chargers took Michael Mayer at 21, it wouldn't be my preferred two of these two guys, but I would understand it. There's no one that looks the part more than Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. I mean, the, the guy is built like he was chiseled out of granite. And I mean, he looks like what? a movie star, man. Like, truly, yeah. like, when he even takes the helmet off, it's crazy. He looks exactly. like he's someone playing Michael Mayer in like the Michael Mayer movie at Notre Dame. <laughs> But it's just him, <laughs> which is great. But, you know, I thought the, one of the comments I saw from the Beast, you know, the, the fantastic draft guide from so uh, Dan Brugler was that they said in this executive said that Michael uh, Mayer was built out of vibranium. <laughs> That's how tough the guy was. And, and if then, you're and, not familiar with vibranium, that is in the Marvel comic books, basically an unbreakable metal. Yes. So, yeah, the, the guy's extremely tough. I mean, he's a phenomenal uh, blocker, a great pass protector as well. Uh, he's just very physical. He gets he gets the job done, but he does it in a very different way than Dalton Kincaid. He's much more of a rough and, you know, just a, a very rugged type of player. 
He absorbs contact extremely well. He fights through contact well. He's not afraid to kind of nudge defenders out of the way to, to put himself and put his body in optimal position to make catches. And also another guy that was just extremely, extremely productive. He's not the fastest guy. He doesn't have the most wiggle. He's yep. not a huge yak threat in that respect, but he will run a guy over, and he does get um, some yards after catch in that fashion. Also, yep. very, very good and polished route runner. He runs the entire route tree as a tight end, so that's something that you look for, and you know that there's some more upside as far as a pass, pass catcher is concerned because you know the run blocking and the blocking aspect of it, it's NFL ready right now. I have a lot more respect for Michael Mayer after watching, you know, the other 50 tight ends that we watched. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. But we watched a lot, and we're talking about a lot today. Yeah. I don't think it gets more well-rounded than this. Like, I think he's pretty much above average everywhere, which is great, yeah. right? Like an above average route runner, you know, mm -hmm. he, he creates separation really just with his gigantic shoulders and being yeah. able to wall defenders off. So even if it's a tighter window, which is still does, a great skill to have. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an intangible, like yeah. you can't teach it. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, but I do like, I can respect his game a little more because when we say he's not great after the catch, I mean, he's probably pretty average you yeah. know at the nfl level but it doesn't mean yeah. he's necessarily bad at it i'd say he does have some whiffs has some inconsistency as a blocker but has the strength to kind of you know stand up defensive ends at time can yeah. block on the move does a lot of those good things i would say he's above average everywhere but the one place he's elite is contested catches i mean yes the dude, that's for sure some incredible incredible catches by a wide receiver is what this dude put together right i mean yeah. he has an entire highlight reel of making these contested catches. He's a really, really good red zone threat as well. I mean, that's something that you and he has to like uh, he has to Daniel. He has to be excellent. Sure. Exactly. I mean, he just he doesn't have the speed to separate consistently, so he has to be able to fight through the mess, fight through the traffic, and use his body to shield defenders away. And he does that exceptionally well. And there's probably going to be a guy at 21 when the Chargers pick that I would rather take than Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, but. I would understand it. I mean, he could be that Dalton Schultz guy. He could be that well-rounded tight end that you would never have to bring off the field because he's adequate enough in all areas of it. And then there's the Notre Dame uh, aspect of things, sure. too, which we yeah. know Tom Telesco has drafted many a player from the yeah. University of Notre Dame. Tom Telesco has an affinity, affinity for Notre Dame players, to say the least. I mean, wouldn't be no the only doubt. Notre Dame player he's drafted in the first round, right? I mean, you have Jerry Tillery. It was the last time he was picking in the 20s. So yep. let's see kind of, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much they like him. Um, but it feels like somebody they would like, right? It definitely it does. Like, and he's the safer option. Only missed one game in his three seasons at Notre Dame. You know, he's a true junior coming out. So, I mean, he only has three years at Notre Dame of mileage, I guess you would say on it. Yeah. But was very productive. I mean, a lot of really good tight ends. I know Dame Brugger said most tight ends drafted in like the last 20 years or since 2001 is Notre Dame. This is the dude that leads them all time in receptions, receiving touchdowns, receiving yards, all the major <laughs> categories. Right? Which so, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would get it. I mean, tight end, you want to get a game changer if you're going in the first round with it. I, I mean, I think you, there's more sexy options for sure. But I would go Dalton Kincaid just from the upside standpoint. But if you want to go the safe pick, Michael Mayer, I think, is definitely that. But we have more guys to get into because if the Chargers do wait, they're going to still have a lot of really good options. And I think that's the exciting thing about this draft yeah. and maybe pushes them away from taking one in round one. Because on days two and three, we're going to get into those guys. And I, there's a lot of guys I would be really happy with, including, you know, a freak like Darnell Washington. If there's some way that that dude drops, maybe not a first round guy. 
But how could you not bet on the upside on that dude later on in the draft? So talking about him, Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, and much more. But first, I need to tell you guys about the unicorn of the protein bar world, and I'm talking about Built Bar. What I love about Built Bar is they set themselves apart with their taste. If it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to eat it, right? Like that's like having a super athletic player, right, and has all the elite traits, but every time he gets thrown the ball, he drops it. Built Bar is the full package. You're getting something that tastes great, and you're also getting something that is good for you. Most of the bars have only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein, all while getting flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Their flavors are next level, and they're constantly updating, getting featured flavors and new flavors, and they're always just so delicious. I'm still waiting for my next box of Built Bars. Please, Built Send me one so I don't have to, you know, wait after I finish the one I've already ordered. But you don't need to wait for a box anymore. And that's the great thing about Built Bar because for years we've been talking about, hey, order your Built Bars. Do it that way. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get specialty flavors from Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart. Walk into the pharmacy. Grab yourself a Built Bar pack of four cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. Or if you're at Sam's Club, you can go to a 13-bar box with our hip flavors like brownie batter, churro puff, and you can thank us later. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if since you guys listen to this show, you can even go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Tight ends, tight ends, and more tight ends. I want to talk about the day two options for the Chargers. And if they wait, the reason we still feel pretty good about the Chargers landing one of these guys. I think if you're talking about who the guys are in rounds two and three that could be potential targets, I think there's a lot of guys to choose from. Darnell Washington, if he makes it out of the first round. Luke Musgrave, those guys are the borderline first round, maybe late first round, but could potentially drop in the second round. Then there's also guys like Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft, and then you even have Luke Schumacher, who you talked about on one of the last shows, really, really good blocking tight end. A lot of guys to choose from, David, but if you're choosing from one of those kind of second-tier guys, who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, the, the first guy I'm looking for in the second round, just, just with my fingers crossed, praying and hoping that he is there, is Darnell Washington. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's fringe for me because I see reasons why he is a guy that gets taken in the first round because he sure. just has freakish size. I mean, six foot seven, 265 pounds, <laughs> built like an animal. 11 I mean, inch hands. Yeah, just huge, <laughs> huge mitts. Very, very physically strong, an excellent blocker, a top 10 run blocker at that position last season according to pff he doesn't just get in the way he finishes his blocks yeah. with authority he will run you over he will pancake you and he will enjoy it as well also with that size and that length comes a fantastic catch radius not a lot of production because i mean they didn't really throw it to him very much uh you know only 28 receptions at the peak of his college career which is you know not something you want to see from a guy that you're going to take a, a little bit you know uh, earlier With on in the draft pick, sure but you know deceptive athleticism too for a guy that size i definitely remember seeing him hurdle a guy and pick yep. up an extra 10 yards um after doing that and also just one of the uh, great stats 45 of his 45 receptions at Georgia, he forced 14 missed tackles and averaged 7.5 yards after the catch per reception. So Oof. just because he didn't get a lot of opportunities to show what he was capable of doing with the ball in his hands does not mean he was not productive when he did. Yeah, I think he averaged over 17 yards per catch in his career. Like he, yeah. 
when he got the ball in his hands, he was dangerous with it in a different kind of way. He's very, yeah. very hard to tackle. Yeah, the hard thing is, too, is like Brock Bowers might be a first-round pick next season, and he was easily their best receiving option, probably on their team, but definitely at tight end, right? So that's a, yeah. a lot to to deal with, especially when you're so good at run blocking. They always, almost always want to keep you there. Of Finisher, course. for sure, like you said. Yeah. 9.88 on the RAS scale, the relative athletic scale, ranking Which everyone is, against every other you know, prospect at that position since like 1998. So like the last 25 years, this dude is up there in 98th percentile as far as athleticism goes. And a lot of that's just being, you know, six foot seven, almost almost 270 pounds. Yeah. Not a crisp route runner, kind of a lumbering dude who kind of builds sure. up to his speed. Yeah. But he still has 464 speed when he does get to that. And that's not a dude you want to bring down once he gets to his stop speed. Mm-hmm. I would also throw Luke Musgrave in the, you know, willing to take a second round option on or fire yeah. on potentially explosive vertical threat, 46140 time, great acceleration off the line of scrimmage. Like you see his speed. His speed yeah. is not just combine speed. Like when you watch him, you see it. The biggest oh, red yeah. flag is. Only played two games last season. Had 11 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown in those yeah. two games. Trending crazy, but <sighs> unfortunately, it was just one of those things that got cut short sure. uh, very, very soon. One very, way it, yeah. too soon. And an know? injury, you know, just another red flag. Uh, 11 yeah. games you missed due to undisclosed knee injury. Obviously, came back and was able to test and do all those things. Very crazy wings. Just don't like the sound of undisclosed, though, Daniel. That that doesn't ring well with me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just, as a college player specifically, you know, there's not much to gain from these teams putting out specific injuries and stuff like that. But maybe more will come out, you know, before the draft. Either way, a very, very exciting option. Who else is a a day two guy that you liked? Or, yeah, day two. Yeah, another day two guy I'm liking here, probably more so in the third round here, Daniel, is Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. Another good size guy, six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, a lot of production the last two seasons. Over hundred and ten catches his last two seasons. Oof. Really, really good in the open field. He gets extra yards, like He's absolutely no sure. problem. Thirty broken tackles on hundred and eleven catches the last two seasons. Six point three <laughs> yards That's per silly. catch after reception. Also, this guy has legit speed as well at the tight end position, running a four, five, nine, forty. Some of the things that you you know have to be a little aware of at least is he needs to improve the hands a little bit. Six drops in twenty twenty two. You don't like that as much. Also, the contested catch situation. This is not his best attribute. Eighteen of forty four in contested catch situations yeah. in his career. So a couple of things to worry about. Uh, you know, opportunities to improve at the next level. But in the third round, with his speed and his ability to really attack the middle of the defense. I would love it in the third round. I feel like that would be a good option if they decided to wait, if they had to wait, if they felt and they found better value earlier on. This is a good pick to take in the third round. I like that, you know, opportunity for him to get better for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to work with from a yak ability, right? Yeah. Only yeah. tight end, according to Dame Brugler, that broke 20 plus tackles in 2022. 20 is a ridiculous, ridiculous number. There was no Chargers wide receiver that I think broke five tackles. Yeah. Obviously, at the NFL <laughs> level, but that just gives you an idea. I mean, 14 drops over the last four seasons. That's a little tough to swallow. Yeah. But I think the bigger thing is hey, guys like this, him and Luke Musgrave, these are flexed out kind of Y tight ends, yes. right? Or like. They're, they're slot tight ends, basically, a lot more than right. you'd want someone like Darnell Washington. 
who can be that guy at the end of the line of scrimmage that can, you know, be the guy you're running behind any specific running play, right? A, a true weapon there. I don't think Sam Laporta is a weapon in the run blocking game. I'd throw another no. guy in this, Tucker Craft, a guy I like. I mean, I'd probably take Sam Laporta over Tucker Craft. I'd probably have Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, then Laporta, then Craft. But a lot of people are higher on Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. 6'4", 254, shorter arms, but NFL-level athlete. 9.67 RAS score, 4.6940, so has the ability to stretch the seam. Mm-hmm. Has, you know, showed the ability to be kind of powerful at the point of attack as a blocker. A lot of inconsistency there, but I think yeah. you see the pet potential in it. Uh, I think the hard thing for me was he wasn't the best blocker at tight end on his own team. That was another dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think was fine there. You know, a lot. This is a, a developmental pick. This is a third round potentially pick to me in nine drops over the last two seasons. Something that's tough to swallow and missed five games with an ankle injury in 2022. Mm. So those are the red flags there. But I'd understand those who would want to take a chance on him. Very thick frame, hard to bring down after the catch. He has that kind of same. Yak ability that you like to see from a tight end. Interesting prospect to be sure. I think Luke Schoonmaker is the kind of guy I think wraps up day two, though, David. If the Chargers want to go more in the run blocking mold and care less about the receiving aspect of it, I think he's a guy that would make sense. Luke Schoonmaker was a phenomenal blocker. I mean, it, and it really didn't matter in what aspect you were watching him. I mean, if it was pass protection, he was adequate, had the length to be able to handle that. If he was in line blocking on the on the end, trying to you know secure that and and spring a running back, he was able to do that. If you needed him to be a lead blocker and move him in space, he was more than capable and adequate at doing that as well. So. Guy, a guy that has you know probably more skill set as a blocking tight end with some upside to be a more of an impact player as a receiver. And that's why he's more of a third or fourth round pick, but doesn't yeah. mean he couldn't bring good skill set to the Chargers specifically because of what they have. Not yeah. what Gerald Everett or Donald Parham are known for. We know that Kellen Moore asks his tight ends to block a lot, and he loves having both of them on the field to create mismatches in the running game. Oh, this yeah. is a guy that could help you create those mismatches in the running game while you still have someone like Gerald Everett, who's a more you know explosive pass catcher, and hopefully what Donald Parham can be. If that's the case, I understand it. It's building yeah. a more well-rounded room because Absolutely. Trey McKitty hasn't turned into that guy. Like This is the kind of guy that you would get what you were hoping you could have gotten from Trey McKitty but hasn't really panned out yet. So I definitely would understand if they go that direction. More of a round three, four guy to me. Yeah. But I'm more excited maybe to talk about this dude as a sleeper, Zach Coons from Old Dominion, who had a perfect 10.0 RAS scale or RAS rating. The most athletic tight end to ever come out of the draft. Literally talk ever. About him. And we're going to get into that. And some more sleepers, the guys the Chargers could target in round three. I think there's some more exciting options there if the Chargers do decide to kind of put it on the back burner. And we'll get into that coming up after this. 10.0 RES, Dave. I know we talk about RES a lot. It just gives a good kind of general understanding of where this guy fits in athletically. Yeah. Zach Coons from Old Dominion standing at six foot seven. 255 pounds with 10.25 inch hands big old mitts. yeah he's a guy i'm interested in david if the chargers want to wait uh, kind of a sleeper at tight end who's probably going to see his stock rise a lot so it'll be interesting to kind of see where he you know ends up at the Chargers wanted to use their fourth round pick i would get it this dude showed a lot of promise i think for a guy that also comes with the understanding of hey you're getting a, a ball of clay here a little bit see what you can do with it as a developmental guy 
And my goodness, I mean, the, the ball of clay that you get to work with uh, for this particular project is very, very fun, okay? As you mentioned, freakishly athletic, comfortable for multiple alignments, whether that's slot in line or out wide. He was put in all of those, yeah. was able to handle that very well. Fairly, fairly quick off the line. He creates separation with a nasty head fake. I really enjoyed that part of his game. He's a decent pass protector, uh, and he plays with emotion, and he plays with some swagger, which I like. I enjoy that. I think, hey, you're playing a kid's game. Go out there and have a good time and enjoy it. So I like that. Has the length, the strength, and the frame to be a very good blocker. I wouldn't say he is a great blocker at the sure. moment, but he can turn into that at the NFL level with better coaching and more concentration on that aspect of his game. Yeah, showed some really good strength at the point of attack. Showed, yep. you know, flashes of moving guys, which is not something you get from a lot of these prospects. More guys are directional blockers. This yeah. guy can move people out of the way, but it's just blocking technique needs to get a lot better. The hand placement yeah. is a work in progress for sure. But those are the kind of guys you're trying to take flyers on later because yeah. those are very fixable things. Definitely. Also, only five drops in five seasons. Love that. Yes, love to see love that. It. Average separation, I would say, on the whole, but I think there's some things there technically he could get better at to kind of play more up to that. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If he was playing as athletic as he is, like, he wouldn't be talked about as a fourth-round pick, right? So, like, there's a lot of this he kind of has to grow into, but not a bad flyer for me at all. I think if you're talking about plays with a chip on their shoulder, I kind of got that vibe from Brenton Strange a little bit from Penn State. Really good athlete for the position. It's 9.09 RAS score, 4.740 yard dash. Willing blocker, but more of a directional blocker. A guy who likes to kind of run into it and like better if he's a lead blocker and showed some nice nastiness there yeah but still smaller six three and a half 253 pounds can block against dbs and linebackers and things like that but wish he was a little bit more physical on it this is routes got kind of caught up too many times shorter arms less of a catch radius and didn't get a ton of separation for a guy who is a little bit smaller kind of a little bit in the same mold of like gerald Everett. there was a guy that you saw that kind of reminded you of gerald Everett too there was definitely a little bit later on in the draft. This is kind of a de- like a deeper sleeper type of situation here. And this sure. is Braden Fifth, Willis sixth round somewhere out of there. Oklahoma. Yeah, we're probably looking at the sixth or seventh round here for this guy. Definitely a lot lighter. He was around 240 pounds. He did play at fullback. He also did some wildcat uh, as yeah, well um, in a blowout game against Texas where they, they absolutely got boat raced. But uh, he, mm-hmm. he definitely didn't seem like he was uncomfortable or it was not unnatural for him to be a ball carrier. Like he at least had some good vision, understood where he needed to go. Uh, Actually for an undersized guy, I thought he was a pretty darn good blocker. I I mean, I I really enjoyed watching him block. They used him a lot as a blocker. I mean, not a lot of offensive production. And I think that's one of the things you you have to be uh, a little bit wary of, but Hey, you're taking a guy in the later rounds that have traits that you're looking for. And if you're bringing this guy in, even at the the type of weight and frame that he's at, he is a NFL-ready blocker right now. And I feel like he has some traits and some speed to be able to turn into an adequate pass catcher at the next level. Smaller guy, 6'3", 240. But the blocking excites you, and the speed lets you know that there is some more production available there. Yeah, the hard thing is you didn't get to see him run his 40 time, right? So we right. don't know how that, like, what the actual speed level is there. I didn't think of, I thought he was more smooth than twitchy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he was a pretty smooth route runner, you know, was able to kind of eat up some yards. 
it would have been interesting to see. I don't think I wouldn't put him as an NFL ready blocker in every aspect. I'd Not say if aspect, you're talking yeah. about hey, getting him on the move, going and having him hunt guys in space, going and having him, you know, be kind of gritty and you know, be a lead blocker at times. He showed he could do that really well. I yeah. think as far as being an inline blocker, I think they're just going to be dudes who are too big for him That's at true. the NFL Yeah, level. I agree with that for sure. Temperament-wise, I love yeah. the way he blocks. Oh, yeah. You're not going to find a dude who wants to block more than this that we watched today as far as just the willingness willingness to kind of stick his nose in it. And obviously, he's very comfortable once the football is in his hands. Being yeah. able to be trusted in that Wildcat quarterback situation, I thought showed you a little bit of his yards after the catchability, right, what he can do with the ball in his hands, but I think it showed more just kind of his vision, his football yeah. IQ to make the right play and be able to kind of, you know, get what he could out of those plays. I don't think he's an overly explosive athlete out of his breaks and, you know, after the catch either. I didn't no. see him break a ton of tackles, but if you're talking about a late round sleeper, I mean, I think there's guys that you could like a lot less for sure. One of the things I would like to see him do at the next level, or at least learn to do is to use his body to kind of shield defenders a lot more than I thick, saw. Yeah. I understand that, but like if he understood shoulders. the leverage of the defenders he was going up against and was able to use his body to at least get in the way more, I feel like he would get open a lot more than I saw him get open when I was watching him. Yeah, I think it's nice that you got to see him used in a lot of different roles. You got to see him yeah. put in motion as a lead blocker, mm-hmm. take jet sweeps, be wildcat yeah. quarterback. There's yeah, room take there, the quick you know. passes, yeah. Take quick passes, be the you know lead blocker on screens and things like that for his wide receivers. I mean, he looks kind of like a wide receiver when he's out there, maybe a little bit bigger, but he's kind of yeah. thinner. You know, he doesn't have like the Michael Mayer, even like the you know Tucker Craft kind of just broad shoulders and right. being able to yeah, have the that build, kind of right? NFL yeah. type build. He doesn't really right. have that. Gerald Everett though is kind of the same way, right? Gerald Everett's like six two something, yeah, and you know weighs about two forty adequate blocker right who gives good effort i mean i don't think that's a a terrible comp there but way less kind of receiving jobs at least at this point than gerald everett has and not nearly as physical after the catch in a fist fight every time he goes i agree we also watched another one a lot people wanted us to watch was uh durham Payne. he's a guy that i liked a lot as like an inline blocker i thought or pain durham durham Payne. yeah pain purdue Six five, two hundred and fifty three pounds, three thirty three point four inch arms. Some impressive catches in traffic. I thought was nice. You know, saw him take a couple of catches and take a big hit and be able to hold. Good on release to it. off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, big catch radius. A bit lumbering with the ball in his hands. He kind of runs yeah. like Gronk after Gronk had all the injuries, right? right By like the right. end of his yeah. career, where it's like it, I, a lot of Titans do this thing too, where they're kind of like swinging their arm to try to get into breaks and things like that as receivers. I, you know, I, I get why people would like him later on. I mean, pretty average athlete to me. I did like what he, he was able to do as an inline blocker, showed some good strength there, but struggled a little bit hitting targets in space and getting out on yes, the move because of that sure. kind of lack of athleticism. But uh, I, I think for, you know, where we're looking at these guys, which is, hey, somewhere between four and seven, Yeah, uh, I think with someone like Zach Koontz, it's more of like the four, right? Yeah. Brenton Strange, Payne Durham, those are, you know, even Braden Willis to a certain extent, those are sixth round guys, fifth yeah. round guys, maybe in some degree, but I think we would feel more comfortable later on. A lot of these guys would make really, really good special teams players too. Braden Willis, I think fits that mold. I think Brandon Strange from Penn State. Physical guys that, you know, can go do the dirty work, even if they're undersized. I think those guys fit those roles well. But I think, David, you know, a lot of guys – we could feel good about like a lot of guys to be excited about. I understand now kind of why they say this is a deeper tight end class because it does feel like 
hey, there might be a, a guy at all three days of the draft where you might be able to find a guy who could potentially be a starter and make an impact. Well, it makes you feel a lot better at least looking at all of the guys where they're slotted at yeah. and knowing that you don't have to feel like you have to reach for a tight sure. end early on in the draft because this is a deep tight end draft class and you are going to find guys that will fit in your system pretty much up and down the draft. Now, I don't want them to wait too long, okay? Yeah. I would like, if you're going to wait uh, at maximum, I'd like to get one of those mid-round guys so at least feel like I'm going to get some early production right away but there is more depth than originally anticipated for sure i'm excited to see kind of how this tight end group pans out because the yeah. tight end is such a difficult position and that's why it's hard to spend a first round pick on one because it's just such a hard transition for tight ends to go from you know the college level to the nfl you look at guys like kyle pitts and even like tj hunkinson his slow start noah fan like those guys were thought of as really, really good prospects too, right? And have panned yeah. out kind of to different degrees. And there's a lot more busts on the list of guys taken in the first round than guys who have worked out. I get it. There's a lot of guys to be excited about. A lot of guys where you could very easily see how they would fit in with the Chargers and also some different tools the Chargers don't currently have offensively that some of these guys could fill. And I think that's pretty interesting, especially with Kellen Moore and how much we think. I mean, I think we're both pretty convicted in saying the Chargers will draft a tight end in the 2023 NFL Absolutely. draft. So it'll be very, it's nice to know, you know, there's some guys that we could get legitimately excited about, but that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We're going to try to do a show like this for the big positions that the Chargers need. You know, we'll get to some edge rushers. We'll get to receivers. We'll get to running backs, even things like that. So we appreciate you guys checking out today's show and, you know, supporting what is a, a lot of work when we do shows like this and a lot of film watching, you know, and we grind a lot to get these 30 minute plus episodes out of time. So we appreciate you guys checking the show out and to make sure you never miss it. Make sure you're subscribing or following for free on YouTube and listening wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find us every day on all of our social media. And that's important because tomorrow is fan mail Friday. Everydayers know that we got, you know, fan mail coming up and now we know that the everydayers will show up, but don't be afraid to get your question in. You can hit us up at locked on LAC on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Dan talk sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. You can hit either of us up personally, or you can hit us up on Instagram at locked on charges. You can hit us up in the YouTube comments. You can even leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts. And then we will definitely answer that question for you. So if you guys want to, you can also call in like traditional radio, old school, Get your voicemails into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. You leave a 30-second question, you're likely to get on the show. Very specific prospects. There's only so many guys we can watch because we spend, you know, an hour plus watching these dudes each. So, like, there's only so many specific guys we can do for fan mail shows. General draft questions, things like that, anything Chargers related, we're down for. So make sure you guys hit us up for Fan Mail Friday and continue every day to make us your first listen but if you need a second listen make sure to check out the lockdown nfl scouting show with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft salary camp management and more join nfl experts kyle Krause and joe marino as they take you what it's like to build a successful nfl franchise every monday through friday find a lockdown nfl scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcast and on youtube part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day but make sure you guys are back here with us tomorrow for fan mail friday until then take it easy and go bolts